Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good afternoon, folks. It's V, the Grill Economist, and we have with us the man who needs no introduction, the one and only Harley Schlanger is here. You can find him over at the LaRouche, uh, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the ShillerInstitute.org, I mean, ShillerInstitute.com, not ORG. And, folks, this Saturday, we have the uh, special press conference, a, a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. That's going to be huge. That is going to be um, uh, a fantastic thing uh, for you guys to go check out. Um, wait, this is a Harley. Is this the press conference coming this this Saturday? Yeah, it's tomorrow morning yeah. at eleven Eastern time, and it includes Scott Ritter, Ray McGovern, uh, Colonel Richard Black, oh, wow. uh, Diane Sayre. So it it should be a blockbuster because there's so much to report on this because of what's happened in the last forty eight hours involving Russia and Britain. Yeah. So, Harley, where do you want to begin? Uh, List Trust, the iron twit, has been caught on text message uh, texting the vaunted luminary that is the washed-up musician named Tony Blinken that it is done, quote-unquote. The Russians have fingered the Brits as to be the main culprits behind the Nord Stream 1 and 2 sabotage terrorist act on the infrastructure of Germany that then we have the recent uh, situation in Brazil. So many things. The world is on fire. Which ember do you want to focus on? <laughs> well, the, the the spark for this was the fear of those people in the city of London and Wall Street that their financial system, which is the basis of their power, is collapsing, and that a new financial system is in the works. And rather than try to fix their old financial system, which is probably not fixable, or possibly working with other countries to establish a a just and viable system, they're out to, if necessary, destroy the world to maintain their hegemony. And so that's that's the starting point. I mean, what you just reported is very interesting on Liz Truss because the Russian foreign ministry did three things yesterday, actually on, on, yeah, yesterday. Uh, The first thing they did was they called in the British ambassador to Moscow, uh, whose name is Bronert, and they presented her with the evidence they had of the British role behind the attack on the Russian uh, ships in the port of Sevastopol. 
Mm. Now, the importance of that is that the Ukrainians had committed to allow safe passage from that port for grain ships. This was a major deal worked out between Russia, Turkey, Ukraine, and the United Nations. But Ukraine launched attacks on those ships. So the Russians found the explosives, the material involved, and they also have evidence that the British were involved in setting it up, British naval units, uh, special forces involved in, in the sea activity. Now, not coincidentally, they also have evidence now that those are the same forces that were involved in the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines. So they, the foreign ministry in Russia called in the British ambassador. They said they gave her a stern demarche, uh, and they demanded that the British stop their involvement in these things or face extreme consequences. Now, so far, there's been nothing back from the British government before she went they said, this is, sounds like the same old uh, fake story. Of course, the British know a lot about fake stories. All you have to do is look at Russiagate, look at the Iraq weapons of mass destruction, and so on. But they were caught with their pants down. Now, then the Russians put out a statement uh, saying that they want to reaffirm the January 2022 agreement signed by the five nuclear powers, namely the United States, United Kingdom, France, China, and Russia which stated a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. And this was the statement issued in 1985 after the Geneva summit of Reagan and Gorbachev that began the, the renewed process of arms control discussions. And it was renewed in January 2022. And so the Russians now said, look, we reaffirm this and we ask everyone else to reaffirm it because of all the discussion going on about nuclear war. Now, guess who won't reaffirm it? France, United Kingdom, and the United States. So far, they've been silent on this. Now, th this is significant because we just had released uh, last week the 2022 National Defense Strategy document of the United States. And for the first time, they included in this document the nuclear posture review so they could have what they're calling uh, integrated deterrence. Now, you might ask yourself, what do you mean by integrated deterrence? And they spell it out right here in the introduction. Lloyd Austin or someone wrote it for him. It's, uh, it means the use of every tool at the department's disposal to ensure that potential foes understand the folly of aggression. And the document as a whole is a declaration of war virtually against Russia and China. But importantly, in the nuclear posture review, they are somewhat what uh, Scott Ritter described as ambiguous on the question of first strike. In fact, George W. Bush in 2003 said the United States cannot unilaterally uh, state that it will never use a first strike and now Biden is saying it may be necessary for the U.S. to maintain a first strike capability. So here you have all these posturing idiots running around saying Putin's threatening nuclear war, when in the very uh, national defense strategy paper of the Department of Defense, they basically say a first strike could be necessary under certain circumstances. Now, 
are you going to trust Biden to choose the right circumstance? I mean, that's that's one question. The other question, though, is this is what Scott Ritter also called a game of nuclear chicken being run by Washington and secondarily by London. Now, the final thing that the Russians did yesterday was they announced that they would begin the shipping of grain once again and that they had gotten a written agreement from Ukraine to allow South a safe passage through the Black Sea. Now, I'm not sure how valid a written agreement from the Ukrainian government is, but in any case, the shipments are going. Uh, Blinken, your favorite rock star, by the way, when the Russians shut down the shipments briefly because of concerns over safety of the ships, Blinken accused the Russians of weaponizing food. Incredible. So these people live in an alternate reality. Well, you know, I'm going to show you something real quick. And I yeah. brought this up earlier in the week, but I think it's it's very it's it's very important to sh uh, to show this again. Uh, let me show you guys this and share this with you guys. Uh, share screen. Give me one second. Okay, we're wondering why, like, who's fomenting these policies, right? We always say to ourselves, you know, these are people, law degrees, uh, political science degrees, all sorts of fake degrees that are propagating this type of nonsense. And we're always wondering, like, who's really behind it? Who's, who's coming up with the stuff? And we always knew it's these idiots that go to these Ivy League schools, these massive echo chambers. Most of them are a bunch of millennials. Harley, I'm going to bring up the profile for uh, James Dickerson, right? This guy is a he is the lead uh, uh, senior analyst for Russia uh, strategy at the uh, Institute for the Study of War, uh, major Pentagon defense uh, think tank. So a lot of the policies that these uh, congressmen and senators follow will be things written by this guy. Let me show you what this guy looks like. Here he is. That's him, Harley. <laughs> a 26 year old punk kid. Is the head, and what is his degree in Harley? His degree is in political science. He's the one uh, creating Russian policy for the study for the Institute for the Study of War. This moron, right here. This and, and the Institute for the Study of War, as you said, is a neocon think tank. Yeah, which is putting out the talking points that the Russian army has been defeated in Ukraine. Uh, you know, let me give you another example of this. This is someone who's not a millennial, someone who's older, but is still a crackpot uh, by the name of Thomas Monkin. Mm -hmm. He published on October 27th an article in Foreign Affairs magazine, which is the CFR publication titled Could America Win a New World War? What it would take to defeat both China and Russia. Now, Idiotic. This goes hand. It came out the same day as this uh, national defense strategy paper I mentioned to you. And, and by the way, people can read this. This is it's only eighty pages, but it'll give you a sense of the insanity, the national defense strategy of the United States of America from the U.S. Defense Department. But it came out the same day as the CFR article, and what they both say is that it was a mistake in 2015 for the United States to decide they only had to fight one superpower at a time. Now it's clear we'll have to fight two, one in Eastern Europe and one in the Pacific. Yeah, because we're a vaunted industrial powerhouse, Harley. That's why we can do that. Well, and it, that's, <laughs> that's exactly the point, Fee, because the point they make on China 
is that they're going to need a whole new navy if you're serious about confronting China in the Indo-Pacific. And the unwritten statement there is, well, it, it will take a little while to gear up the industrial base to, to build new aircraft carriers and new aircraft to serve on those carriers. Well, if you actually look at how long it'll take, it's at least a decade. Now, that's assuming you can get the skilled labor for it. It's that, assuming that we have like maybe two or three shipyards in the entire country, and they have no capacity to build any sort of boats in any sort of large, fieldable manner. When you look at the USS Zumwalt, which is an egregious name to a terrible ship named after a one, an incredible Navy, uh, you know, commander, Cap, you know, uh, uh, I think it was Admiral Zumwalt, whose main theme in the Navy was get rid of these stupid aircraft carriers, downsize, be more lean and mean. Here you have the Zumwalt named after this guy. It is an over-budgeted ship that's broken <laughs> 80% of the time. It's terrible. And this is what we make. We make low-quality bullshit crap that are marketing, that, that, are, that are put through Congress with fancy marketing lingo, like stealth technology. doesn't exist. It's a marketing term. Fifth-generation fighter doesn't exist. Marketing term. This is the first uh, stealth uh, LCS, littoral combat ship, doesn't exist. It's a marketing term. And the American idiot moron politicians lap it up, and then they're told that we're the most powerful military in the world, and we're also the largest economy in the world. All lies, all propaganda, and we, we, we are, oh my God, Harley, we are, what is the old saying? Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. That's exactly where we're going. Well, in, in talking about naval policy, we're basically looking at what's called a ship of fools. Yeah. And it's the last thing you want to do is step onto a ship run by fools. Look, the British supposedly produced a new aircraft carrier that was oh going to be God. sent to the Indo-Pacific. One hour out of the port, it broke down and had to be towed back to, to dry dock to be yeah. fixed. Yeah, they're, 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 the, they're, they're going to show the Chinese how it's done. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the great British contribution to the Strait of Taiwan and the Indo-Pacific couldn't get out of port. Now, the, the problem is they do possess nuclear weapons and they do, uh, if you think about some of the military and the discussion in the military, I heard today on BBC, Ben Hodges, the general who used to be in charge of U.S. Army oh, forces. Another moron, another loser. Well, all he could talk about is the comments of Kevin McCarthy that there wouldn't be a blank check to continue funding the Ukraine war. And he kept saying, what does he mean blank check? Do you know out of 800 lines of, of the document providing the aid, 190 of them are about how that aid must be distributed? That's not a blank check. Does, does Hodges know that out of the 800 lines of cocaine flowing into <laughs> Zelensky's nose, that all 800 lines were pro provided for by U.S. taxpayers? Does he know that? Well, then what he said about McCarthy is that He's parroting Putin's talking points, as they all are. And then he said, from his view, which I think is somewhere in cloud cuckoo land, but from his view, the Russian army is in disarray. It's been defeated. Yeah. And when the weather changes and gets better, Ukraine will march right up to the Russian border and, and free the whole country. Oh, yeah. And the BBC host was saying, well, I think you may be one of the few who actually see it that way. <laughs> It's very polite of them to even mention that. Yeah. My God. 
Ben Hodges, anybody who's an, an American general, already count them as a bloody loser. That's all they are. This is a country that does nothing but lose every war it's ever been in, and yet you're going to have Ben Hodges sit there and then say, oh, yeah, you know, another loser talking about how, you know, yeah, Russia's going to lose the war and, you know, we got to keep, you know, funneling money to Ukraine. No matter that we're going down an economic uh, uh, maelstrom over here. Well, and, and V, the guy, this guy, Thomas Monken, who wrote this article in the Foreign Affairs Listen to his title, Senior Research Professor at the John Hopkins University, Paul H. Nitza School of Advanced International Studies. And he spent many years in the Defense Department in uh, appropriations. Uh, he's a Naval Reserve officer. And, and here's what he said. He said, the U.S., in order to win a two-front war, needs to create deep munitions reserves, stockpile high-quality gear, and come up with creative battlefield techniques. Now, all three of those are impossible under current uh, situation. And he said, as well as expand and deepen the U.S. defense industrial base and develop new joint operational concepts and study the strategic contours of a war in multiple theaters and be able to coordinate with allies. Now, on top of every bit of that being nonsense, we're about to see, I think, a break occur in Europe. There are two things in the last couple of days that are, are important to know. One is that in spite of enormous pressure on him, Chancellor Olaf Scholz went to China, met with Xi Jinping, had some talks. He, he of course, said he tried to convince Xi that they have to break with Russia. But what was the purpose of the talks? Well, there are 5,000 German companies that operate in China. Germany depends to a large extent on some strategic materials from China. Last year, there were about 230,000 automobiles sold by Germany to China. There's an enormous trade between them. In fact, I think it's the largest trading partner right now with Germany. Now, what's the EU policy? Decouple with China. And Schultz went despite the fact that two of the three coalition partners told him not to go. Annalena Baerbock, who is essentially a, a mouth puppet for uh, Anthony Blinken. Uh, she's the foreign minister of Germany, the head of the Green Party. Uh, she said, China can't be trusted. We can't become dependent on China the way we were dependent on Russia. And essentially, she was told to shut up and step aside so Schultz could go. Then the, her partner, Habeck, who's one of the probably the worst economists in the world, who happens to be the German economics minister, and he's a laughingstock in Germany. But Habeck well, led an attack on Schultz because the Germans gave a contract to the Chinese shipping company, Costco, to finish the, one of the, the new ports, uh, uh, port quays that, that's in the Hamburg, the biggest port in Germany. Well, Schultz was the former mayor of Hamburg, and so they were saying that he did this out of corruption. No, he did it because there wasn't a German company that could do it. That's why they hired the Chinese. Same reason the Greeks hired the Chinese for the port of Piraeus. So we're watching the deindustrialization of Europe in high speed, in uh, rapid succession, country after country. And then the final point to make on this is people are still wondering what's going to happen in Italy. And, you know, I think there's still, it's not clear, but the foreign minister, Tajani, 
who's from the Forza Italia, which is Berlusconi's party. Yeah. He made it known yesterday that he wants to have negotiations between Putin and Zelensky to reach an agreement instead of continuing to fund the war. Now, that has not been covered, as far as I know, in the U.S. press for obvious reasons. What happens if the Europe, our European partners decide that it makes more sense to try and figure out how to feed and clothe and, and uh, protect the European citizens during a cold winter than it is to try to defeat Putin's army using Ukrainian material essentially as, as shock troops? So I think we're about to see some more significant demonstrations. Uh, the, the situation in, in Finland is, is going out of control. This leftist nutcase, who's the president of Finland, said she would be willing to accept nuclear weapons yes. as part of NATO. What, and put them on the Russian border? Yeah, because she, she's another military expert, Harley. Yeah, she, she has a, a, a dance hall degree. Well, I was going to say she's sort of the Elaine Bennis of European uh, uh, prime ministers. If anyone knows another that idiot, to, why yeah. are they electing all these millennial morons? It's it's incredible. You have Jacinda Ardern in, in in New Zealand. You got this other dance hall dance queen in Finland. And what is going on here? Well, then you have Ursula von der Leyen. Oh, another moron! Well, a, a clueless there, idiot has no things. idea what she's talking about. Two things. One is, and Helga has made this point, Helga Zeplerouche, who's not opposed to women being in politics, but she said, why are they finding these psychotic women? Yeah. There don't, aren't there some women who are reasonable and thoughtful? Uh, you, you look at von der Leyen. She just went to Croatia and told them they, they need 300 million euros from the, the uh, European Central Bank to avoid default. And they were promised this a year ago. So she just went there and said, if you want this, you'd better shut up about the sanctions question because the Croatian population is against the sanctions. Uh, this is the same Ursula von der Leyen, the great hero of the democracies in the West, oh, yeah. who criticized the Hungarian voters for voting overwhelmingly for Orban in Hungary and said the EU is going to increase their allocation of funds to promote democracy in Hungary. Well, they just had a big vote and Orban won 68% of the vote. What's not democratic about that? So they're, they're looking for alternatives for new Maidan coups. And I, I think it shows their weakness. Now, just so you know, von der Leyen is not a, a, a newcomer to this. She comes from an oligarchic family, yeah. the Albrecht family. Uh, her father was a minister president of a German state. Uh, her grandfather was one of the leading landowners in central Germany. So uh, she goes back to the old European oligarchy. Yeah, exactly. And that's who we're dealing with. I mean, they're conscious of the fact that they could lose the position, that, that the U.S. is about to lose the position as the sole hegemon in the world the sole superpower. The U.S. is people like Blinken and, and the people behind him are doing everything they can to prop it up. Uh, we, we see this in, in the United Kingdom. How are they going to prop it up? They, they promoted this guy, Sunak, who's supposedly going to be slicker than Johnson and, and Liz Truss. 
and already he's in trouble. He, he, he decided he wasn't going to go to the Green Conference in Cairo, and they had to twist his arm to get him to go there because if he doesn't go, King Charles couldn't go. And if Ch King Charles didn't show up, that would be a huge blow to the Green Movement. So it just shows who pulls the strings in the United Kingdom. Sunak is not his own man, and just He's as Liz Truss was not her own woman. Right. It's puppets. Puppets led by stupid puppet masters. <laughs> oh, man. And Harley, next week we have the midterms, and I'm bracing myself. I might literally be broadcasting from the toilets just in case things go sideways. Well... You know, it's, it's hard to tell what's going to happen, but I, I, I think the most important thing, whatever happens, we have to have a mobilized population to impose the right policies. And the, the example of that is that I, I'm sure you've seen some of this. My associates have been confronting the liberal Democratic members of the squad uh, including AOC, uh, Elon Omar. Yeah. They reduced Elon Omar to tears. Uh, and then they they went to a large rally in Detroit and confronted Obama. Yep. Did you see that one? Yep. Saw that. Yep. Stewart and Anastasia Battle confronted Barack Obama, and all Obama could do was do a, a talk uh, show host routine as though he's handling. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Basically, you got, you got these people that think that uh, the American way of life is uh, somehow uh, in danger. Basically, the, his line was, do you know who I am? <laughs> who do you think you're talking to? Basically. He, and, he's the vaunted Obama, the, the shill, the, the uh, intelligence agency plant. Well, what was it he couldn't answer? Stewart and Anastasia said to him, you're responsible for this crisis in Ukraine because you ran the coup in 2014 that overthrew a democratically elected government. Yep. And now you're pushing through Biden pushing the world toward nuclear war. What do you have to say to that? And he said, come on, come on, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think what we're seeing, and, and people who are watching this are getting excited by it. One thing I can tell you, I, I know uh, you had, I think you had Diane Saron at some point. Yes, we did. Well, Diane was finally included in a poll after having no media coverage, never put into a poll, the first poll that came out with her name in it, she had 5.1%. Now, you can't get elected, obviously, to the Senate with 5.1%. But the po people who were polled said, this is an incredible candidate. How come we never heard of her? Wow. And she was on Jimmy Dore last night. Yeah. And, you know, so we're getting a breakout. That's why this press conference tomorrow is so important. If you think about it, Colonel Richard Black is a decorated military veteran, former top JAG official at the Pentagon, and a former state senator from Virginia, known pretty much as a conservative Republican. Ray McGovern is known as a peacenik, uh, former CIA agent, very well known also. And then Scott Ritter is one of the leading experts on uh, arms control and, and uh, arms proliferation. Yeah. The three of them are coming together under the banner of the Schiller Institute to call on the American people to reject the Biden policy, and the, I should say the bipartisan policy, of continuing the war in Ukraine. 
So it's at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I, I think it's going to be streamed on the uh, Rogue News platform. Yes. And I would really encourage people to take the time on a Saturday morning to watch this. Absolutely. Harley, thank you so much for coming on with us and sharing this vital, vital information. Uh, again, folks, tomorrow, tomorrow's the press conference. A nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. It's so vital. Uh, we have idiots that are really pushing us to the brink, thinking that they can control the chaos. They cannot control anything. That's what makes the situation so incredibly dangerous. It's incredible. We have one foot on the banana peel and another foot on the on the, on the precipice, Harley. That's where we are. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think the banana peel is on the precipice. Yes, very well said. The banana peel is on the precipice. Folks, you can find Harley again over at the Schillerinstitute.com, Schillerinstitute.com, as well as the LaRouche Organization.com, LaRouche Organization.com. With that being said, thank you all for listening in. Uh, and stay tuned. We have uh, Tim Kirby, the American in Russia, joining us at 3 p.m. today. Tim Kirby, the American in Russia at 3 p.m. Busy day here at Rogue News, and uh, we'll be back. Thank you so much for listening in.